Growing up, I didn't have much of a family. My mother had passed away shortly after giving birth to myself, and my father, well, I didn't have a father. I was mainly raised by my sister, who I just always considered my mother. I remember this day like it was last week, and it's something that still gives me shivers just thinking about. It was getting late during the evening on an unusually cold November day. My sister was making dinner, and I was in my bedroom playing with some dolls I had gotten from the store. I remember faintly that my television was on, playing some TV show that I can't for the life of me remember. Shortly after, my sister had called me downstairs for dinner. As I stood up, I remember hearing the terrifying noise of the TV static coming from behind me. As I turned around, my entire television was in complete static. I didn't think too much of it and I turned it off and went downstairs. All the while, I noticed my sister acting strange. She had placed my dinner in front of me, and all the while doing so, she never once looked at me. Instead, her attention was on the outdoor kitchen window. Again, I didn't think too much of it, so I began eating. I remember shortly after seeing her leave the kitchen heading outside for what seemed like a very long time. When she returned, I remember her face looked beyond pale, as if she saw something she wasn't supposed to. Though she was carrying something in her hand that looked too much like a child. I know, it sounds ridiculous, which is why I chose to keep this hidden. But to continue, she had gone down to the basement that we rarely used other than for storage and seasonal items. And as she returned, I could tell something was completely wrong. She had rushed towards the back door, pushing it closed and locking it in what seemed like a panic state. I remember she even closed all of the window blinds, every single one she could find. Then, the most unusual part began. I faintly remember that she barricaded the basement door with our small dining room table, which was fairly heavy, mind you. This table could keep any door shut for a long period of time. When I had asked what she was doing, her expression turned from panic to calming. Regardless of her shaking in fear, she calmly mentioned, Don't worry, Mommy is just... making sure we're safe. She had left the room and went upstairs, returning back into the kitchen with her cell phone. She had told me to take my dinner upstairs while she made a phone call, which, in my opinion, was the biggest mistake she could have done. I didn't ask any questions, and I left the room, and as I walked back to my own bedroom, I was pondering what could be possibly going on in the basement. Was it an animal, or was it someone injured? I had to know. Nightfall arrived as she told me to go get ready for bed, and that she would be there to make sure I fell asleep soon, as she normally would, because I had trouble falling asleep from age 2 to 7. After what seemed like a few hours, I had finally fallen asleep, but then I awoke several hours later, glancing at my alarm clock, which illuminated 2.21 a.m. I noticed my sister was no longer in my room. My curiosity got the better of me, and I tiptoed my way downstairs to the kitchen. 
The small dining room table that had barricaded the door seemed to have been moved. I had assumed she went downstairs to the basement to check on whatever she brought in, so I took a peek through the exposed crack between the door. As I peeked through, I happened to notice an unusual glowing light illuminating the entire basement. The glowing light projected a green haze, but I couldn't see what was causing it. As I had mentioned, curiosity got the better of me, and I tried moving the table with all of my strength. Even if it was just a little bit, it would be enough for my small self to fit through. After squeezing my way through, I slowly crept down the stairs, making sure I didn't make any sort of noise. The glow illuminated brighter and then dimmer, as if it was pulsing. I reached the end of the staircase, and as I looked around, glancing towards my left, I noticed several of our seasonal containers had moved to create this unusual barricade. I began slowly walking towards the containers, keeping my eyes on whatever this light was. But as I got closer, I could see something. It was a shape of what seemed like an actual body. The green glow illuminated directly from this thing. As I got closer, I could finally make out what this object was. It, in fact, was a small, childlike body. However, it did not appear human. The features on its small head were too unusual and not like anything I had ever seen. The size of its head was rather almond-shaped, and its eyes were dark, too dark. It stared at me for a moment, and then it gazed around at its surroundings. My body had frozen, not knowing what to do, so I quietly walked back upstairs without saying a word. The following day, I awoke to hearing other people's voices downstairs, voices that were men. I snuck downstairs to see multiple tall men dressed in black suits with hats and sunglasses on. There were a total of four men surrounding the family room and my sister. I snuck back upstairs and peeked out the window to see a pair of two black shiny SUVs with no license plates in the front, and then one of the men in black had approached my bedroom and let himself in. He was much taller than any regular guy I had ever seen in my childhood. Now looking back at it, he had to have been at least 7 foot 5 inches, if not slightly taller. He had kneeled down and started asking me questions. They were simple to start off with, such as if I had seen anything strange outside the night prior, or if I had heard strange noises or seen strange people inside the house. Of course, being at a young age, most of my answers were a simple no. I remember his facial appearance. He looked almost like a guy who had traveled from the past, 1930s or 50s era. But his eyes, behind those black sunglasses, were dark and uncomfortably large. I stayed my distance from him, not knowing who he was and why they were in my house. But this certain guy made my stomach turn after seeing his eyes. They weren't normal, 
In fact, they were terrifying. You know those sunglasses where they're not fully tinted? Those were the type this person was wearing, and I could see his eyes. They were more narrow and large, almost like an almond shape, and it felt like he was staring deep into my soul. After several additional questions, the guy stood and tipped his hat, stepping out of my bedroom. Hours had passed, and my sister had been quiet the entire day, shaken up to say the least. I stayed quiet and continued my day as if it would have been normal, but that would very shortly change. The next few days had gone and passed. Friday evening arrived and my sister had passed out after putting me to bed, though she didn't stay long to make sure I fell asleep. As a matter of fact, I didn't fall asleep at all that evening. As I lied in bed, staring at the ceiling fan spinning, I noticed, out of the corner of my eye, a glare of yellow light illuminating the backyard. I had figured my sister had gone outside to get some fresh air, but as I glanced out, I noticed the light was not coming from our house. It was coming from above, in the air. It was a simple shape, a large cylinder shape with what looked like a smooth surface, three small window-like structures across its hull, and a spinning wheel that circled across the hull, illuminating the yellow light. No noise was ever given off from the object, and there was never any unusual smell. I was struck in awe and fascination, but at the same time, terror and horror took over, and I rushed out of my bedroom to my sister's, shaking her awake as much as I could. After the fifth shake, she finally awoke, and I was in tears, explaining, There's something outside. There's something hovering outside. She gave in as she peeked open her window blinds, noticing the same object that I had seen from my window. Her eyes grew big, and she took my arm and rushed to the front door of the house. She hesitated for a moment, then she grabbed the doorknob and twisted it open. There, dead center in front of us, that single moment, my life was never the same again. As she opened the front door, standing in front of us were four very tall beings. The light from the object in the air blinded the background from where these beings stood. They all stared at us, first at my sister and then me. I remember their appearance vividly. Their skin was unusual, dark blue on the first two, and the last were pale gray. It almost seemed as though they were naked, not having on any clothing or such, but no actual features were exposed. Their arms almost reached their feet, with three fingers and three toes, but the most terrifying appearance was their face. Their almond-shaped heads and their giant pitch-black eyes seemed to stare deep into us. It terrified me in all sorts of ways. I looked to my sister, expecting her to look scared, but instead, she looked calm. The two dark blue beings separated us as they led her towards the blinding light, 
while the other two gray beings strangely looked after me. This was more like just looking and staring at me, then back at one another, and back at me, eventually leading me back to my own house. The one that stood in front of me, which had to have been at least five foot six, held my hand the entire time, leading me back upstairs. All the while, I could hear a faint voice inside my head, asking where my bedroom was located. I couldn't begin to explain how the voice sounded, but if I had to try, it sounded like my sister's voice, but in both ears. I pointed to the door that was creaked open, and the being stepped inside. I remember sitting on my bed, staring at the two of them, as they examined my entire room. The one who had guided me back had then stepped out and left, leaving me with the fourth being. Don't be afraid, child. Your mother will be safely returned. We require what she possessed prior, days ago. Now, my memory is not all that great, but to this day, that exact quote sticks with me. The figure laid me back and raised its palm. All three of its fingers glowed as it slowly closed my eyes. The next following day, my memory was a mess. Time had passed more than it should have. A few months had passed by, and we didn't bother looking back in the past to that experience. I did, however, start thinking about a certain time going back to when the greys led me into my bedroom. The feeling of the gray's hand was unusual to say the least. It almost felt like rough sandpaper or very dried and cracked skin. However, none of them gave off any smell or aroma. I remembered the very last minute when the fourth being had his fingers illuminating a bright light. It was then that I had looked at the being for a split second to see its own eyes, and they felt comforting. Months had passed, as mentioned earlier, and February had arrived. The weather was calm and cold, a chilly 40-degree weather with clear skies. A friend of mine, who I'll call Marcy, had asked if I wanted to go to the park that was a five or so minute walk from our neighborhood. I agreed, and we went on our way. We had arrived at the park and began swinging for a while, discussing our plans for the weekend and so on. The overall time I was enjoying her company, but I couldn't help but feel as though I was being watched, closely. Not by other parents or children, but by something entirely different. The park was a simple layout. You had the playscape and the swings on one side of an open field, and on the other was a small basketball platform with two benches. Beyond that was nothing but woods. The woods went on for miles, how many I never knew. But if you entered those woods, you wouldn't see civilization for a good hour and a half. It was there, however, that I felt as though something was watching me. Not us, just me. I had expressed my uncomfortableness to Marcy, and she tried comforting me by saying it was probably the other kids being around us, or the parents, but I assured her it was neither of those. 
We stayed for another ten minutes goofing off and such, and as we were about to leave, we did our usual sky-gazing. Both of us would lie in the open field next to each other and just stare at the sky in wonder, watching the clouds roll by. We discussed other topics for another five minutes, until I heard something very close by. I stood up, glancing to the woods to our left, and noticed, sure enough, something was moving behind a tall dead tree. At first, I began to think it was nothing but an animal or a deer, but as I continued to stare, I saw it. For a split three to five seconds, I saw the gray appear from behind the tree. It leaned out, clutching the tree bark with its three fingers, and popped its head out ever so slightly, glancing at me. I knew I had seen it, and it slowly crept back around the tree. I told Marcy to run and don't look back, so we took off running. I arrived back at my house and went straight to my sister and told her what I had seen. Marcy, on the other hand, just shrugged it off when my sister asked her about it. Marcy left shortly after, and I begged my sister to listen. She kneeled down and expressed a shy smile to me. Whatever it was, it won't hurt you, I promise. Just keep it to yourself. That line is the only reason I had kept all of my experiences to myself until now. The following evening arrived and my sister had just tucked me into bed, turning off the television and plugging in a small lamp that stood by the windowsill. She was exhausted, as was I, so she didn't stay long and she shortly left. I stayed awake for what felt like hours upon hours, trying to force myself to sleep. It worked, for exactly an hour and a half. I managed to fall asleep around midnight, all the while trying to forget about what I saw, when I was awoken by a loud thud coming from the house. It was loud enough that my own lamp had jumped off its original spot and moved slightly to the edge. I glanced at the clock, 1.15 a.m. My heart began racing, and I did whatever I could to fall back asleep. The sound of my bedroom door slowly creaking open made my heart drop. I stayed still and quiet and glanced just slightly to the doorway, noticing a figure standing still, the same exact figure that I had seen from the woods, except now I remember who this figure or being was the fourth gray. I leaned up, resting my back against the wall, watching the being step closer. Its fingers illuminated a yellow glow, but quickly disappeared. It got inches away from me as it kneeled down examining me. I felt scared, helpless, but as quick as I felt those emotions, they vanished, mysteriously. The only feeling that now swept over was calmness. The being stood and took my hand, guiding me out of the bedroom door, into the hallway, down the stairs, and out to our backyard, where there was the same exact cylinder craft both my sister and I had seen months ago. Don't be afraid, 
is all I heard in the same voice as my sister's. The craft had already landed as a small archway began to open. All while seeing this, I couldn't help but notice two other beings with the same gray skin were standing behind us. I had never seen them before, and this was making me uncomfortable. But as quick as that feeling came, it vanished, just like I did, for three long days. As I boarded the cylinder craft, I remember the entrance of the hull was shaped almost like a pillar, ones you would see in ancient Greek times. The interior of the entrance held a very bright, almost chrome-like substance all around. It reminded me of being in the emergency room, although more clean and not smelling like medicine. The being that led me inside continued to guide me by walking me further into the craft. I remember slightly glancing back behind me to notice the entrance was now sealed. There were no arches anymore, and the door had suddenly vanished. It was all a single bright chrome-like color. Don't be afraid, the gray said as it guided me into a small open room. The room consisted of several things, a silver oval table with a ceiling light extended down, what looked like a hospital plate followed by several components hovering beside the table, and another gray occupant behind the table. The second gray was slightly taller than the one who led me to the room, and this one showed more features than the rest. While I glanced at the other gray, not sure on how I should feel, it almost seemed like they didn't want me to notice their true appearance, as it gripped the light source from above and blinded me with it for a moment. For the split five seconds I made eye contact with the second gray, I remember its skin looking more dark blue, with black veins running through its body. Its oval head was much larger than the rest, and its eyes were much more gray in color, rather than the pitch blackness. They placed me onto the table and strapped me down with restraints. I remember feeling very worried, but as soon as that feeling arrived, it vanished. At this point, I figured it was the gray that abducted me, knowing in its own way I was terrified, so it got rid of that feeling. I cannot explain how, but it worked, for the most part. Both of the greys glanced over me, all the while holding instruments of some sort. I felt something poking my arms and legs and stomach. The last thing I remember is being inside that certain room, noticing both greys staring at each other and shortly nodding at each other, while the taller grey blinded me again. However, this time it made me go unconscious. As I awoke, I noticed the surrounding environment had changed. Rather than being inside that operating room, I was now inside a room that held a single window, a chair-like structure, and a metallic door with no doorknob or buttons. I started walking toward the window, noticing the pitch blackness, only to be met with the most beautiful image to date. It was of Earth, from far away. Billions of stars surrounded the window, as the Earth was the center attraction. 
I happened to notice, however, that we were moving away from the planet, farther and farther. Then the door to the room extended open, and the gray entered, noticing I was awake. Good, it said, as it led me out of the room. The doors sealed shut, and we began walking around the ship. Glancing at the interior, I noticed there was barely any furniture or mechanisms. It was mostly single machinery being operated by smaller beings. We had passed a certain hallway that included numerous open rooms, all of which ended up being operating rooms for when they abduct us. The Gray noticed I had stopped in the middle of the hallway and mentioned, This is the hallway of horrors. You do not wish to hear the screams of your kind being afraid to our kind. It is frightening. I continued to follow as we came into another room that was much more open and much more occupied. The entrance opened, and the first thing you noticed stepping inside was the gigantic window that overlooked the front of the craft. There were multiple controls and machinery being operated by beings that must have been three feet tall, upwards to beings who were seven feet tall. The craft flew by Mars within minutes and soon after the asteroid belt, following Jupiter and slowly coming to a halt upon arriving to Saturn. These beings have been researching and documenting the large planet, studying its own rings and atmosphere. In a way, they're like us, just more advanced. The Gray explained to me that they have been keeping track of every planet in our solar system, surprisingly including Pluto, and researching each and every atmosphere for possible civilization events in the near future. The Gray explained that even while Jupiter and Saturn are nothing but gas giants, there are still unknown extraterrestrials hiding in its atmosphere. Motherships to even larger ships they call extends are constantly hiding throughout the clouds, never being detected. As much as I would like to say that we visited each planet, it seemed Saturn was their last stop before returning myself back home. The ship had landed farther away behind my house as the gray led me back to safety. The morning sunrise was now just awakening as my house came into view. The first thing I noticed was my sister sitting out on the patio waiting for me. The gray then stopped in its tracks and nodded, signaling its goodbye.